Not that it matters, but we're talking the never-ending story on today's We're not affiliated with Netflix. Welcome to KidFlix, the podcast where adults try to definitively rank every kid's movie ever made. I'm your host, Ross Wiseman, and this show is not for kids, so turn this off and run away from the bullies who shoved you into a dumpster filled with hay. My guest today, uh, she's a comedian, she's a character actor, and she also has a new book out called Inside Melania, What I Learned About Melania Trump by Impersonating Her. It's Lauren Lojudicha. <laughs> Hi. Hi. That's a low judice, but you did a great job. I want ah. to applaud you for your efforts. It was it was valiant. I I I wrote it out <laughs> so phonetically, uh, but yes, low uh, uh, judice. Thank you so much for coming on. How are you doing? Great, great. It was definitely like a, a, bla- a crazy blast from the past watching Never Ending Story. Um, because I, I never really watched it in full when I was a kid. So oh, okay, was, so. Like, what is it, what did that look like? So did you just watch kind of like pieces or like there were parts that were too scary for you? Well, my brother and sister, my younger brother and sister were obsessed with the movie and they would watch it continuously. But they also like there's four of us and like and very busy parents. So none of us ever got enough attention, could never get enough. I mean, there's nothing they could have done, you know, so we were all constantly bickering and fighting. And so they would watch it and I wanted nothing to do with that scene because they were like, you know, everything from who has the pillow to who has to go to the bathroom and they have to press pause. So all of the above. So I never really watched it. I would just kind of come in and out as they were, um, as they were watching it. And also the Falcor always scared me. So it was like, thank that- you. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about this. Falcor, Falcor's voice doesn't match his entire rest of his aesthetic <laughs> at all. And it is so, confusing and not fun like because i you know i i this is my first time watching the movie i'd never really seen clips i'd seen i mean it's been parodied and kind of homage so much Mm -hmm. uh, over the past 30 some years that i just assume i figured it out for the most part but yeah he has he has like an old man uh like ho 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 santa claus voice and he looks like a puppy and or a uh, fetus, something. A fe- <laughs> you know, a dog fetus. Let's meet in the middle there. <laughs> and it's like, it. I have the same problem whenever they have any sort of dog talk in like a pet food commercial. And this just, his whole body and time on screen was just a long dog food commercial. <laughs> it was very, it was very odd. And now he would kind of fly with like, kind of, and it almost looked like he was swimming the way he would fly. <laughs> it was just very, very. Like a big um, sperm. Yes, a big sperm. That's what he was doing. He was very off, off-putting. It was like very odd. And then the col- his color too, was like that beige-ish, whitish color. It's yeah. like nondescript. I mean, he again, he just looks like a dog. That <laughs> yeah. a dog. You can't change my mind about that. Uh, what's also weird, I just realized this just now, is that he he's one of several characters in the movie that has like such a strong opinion on children. And... <laughs> Like, it's not a red flag in itself, but I feel like if you have really strong opinions on whether you hate or love children, it's like, no one needs to know that at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. He's um, just very odd, I guess. And I wasn't sure, like, did he have special 
powers of sight too because he would be like flying around and he never got taken in by the nothing although he was like flying by it and what did that mean did he have superpowers did he not it was very ambiguous and it almost was very to me always very off-putting and very like disconcerting about, about him yes yeah, so this that makes me think a lot about uh like chitty chitty bang bang which is a, a movie that i was terrified of uh when i was a kid and have not revisited it since because it was so horrific and it's I feel like it's a lot of the same thing of just like everything all of the the props and the sets look just a little bit off everybody's talking too properly and <laughs> it and I mean and then the story in itself uh is disturbing in a multitude of ways or just not even disturbing just like it every, everything technically makes sense but then when you're trying to describe it, it just falls apart. Yeah, well, what's hard about the movie to like, like really get to maybe what their true intentions were is because no one could act. The only two people who had any sort of skill, well, Englewook and Urgle, the, the two like old trolley people, those are yes. the only two people in the entire movie who actually knew how to like set an intention in the scene. It was like, <laughs> Artreo, I call it one note scream acting. He was just always like, Okay. what do you mean it's just like i'm very glad that you brought that up he he yells in everything <laughs> <laughs> like the the entire the entire movie is just him yelling at somebody for uh either telling him to go on a mission to save uh the childlike empress uh him uh he yells at his horse for a a 4 minute scene where the horse just drowns in mud um, and that's the entire thing. He just yells at everybody. Yeah. Constantly. It was hard to know, like, what, if you were looking at, like, acting teachers have said, look at your tapes, and if you see, like, you should be able to turn the volume off, and you could tell, like, what's going on in the scene, and his tape, you never knew what was, go- I think that was another reason I couldn't stand it. It was like, I don't really understand what's happening in this movie, because... I don't know what this kid means. He's always screaming. Like, is he happy? Is he sad? Is he like... <laughs> Lauren, I can't tell you how refreshing it is to hear you say that because um, a lot of times on this podcast, uh, especially with a movie like this, Never Ending Story is like, it's the pinnacle of some people's childhood. Like I watched this movie this morning with uh, my roommate and she loves it and I didn't want to ruin her day. But it's good <laughs> that sure, you have a connection with it, but you admit how fucking bananas everything about it. Yeah. it's so so banana I, you know i saw it on did you see it on stranger things referenced okay so uh i have not seen that season of stranger things but i know that i think it's the the most recent one season three right where mm-hmm. there's dustin and surprise he has a girlfriend um and they sing the full so- what is there any context for that besides like the duffer brothers are like we need more 80s I think that might be it. And maybe they got some sort of like, I don't know if there was some sort of product placement deal for, for like a streaming thing. Cause it's on Netflix now. So maybe there was some sort of something, but yeah. um, I'm not sure. I mean, it was just so odd. It was like, excuse, I don't know. Spoiler alert for people. Do you want the spoil Like to me to tell you exactly how it was used. I mean, I'll take, the, I'll take the spoiler. I remember it, it like circulated on Twitter. I think right when it came out, cause Netflix was like, for all you 80s heads, check it out. Ah, okay. Yeah, it was just basically a use of the, basically he had in order to get like a code that would save everyone. 
he had to prove to his girlfriend he liked her by singing the theme song of Never Ending Story. So that checks out. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, all right, uh, that seems a little forced. And the um, when they were singing it, I was like, oh, this seems so familiar to me. Like, I feel like I should know this, but I don't because I was never really attached to it. But it just, I guess for, and I was watching it thinking like, I guess this is what like the Dungeon and Dragons folks who I never had access to, like they didn't exist where I grew up, like mm-hmm. would have been singing. Yeah, I like, it's a good song. I will yeah. say that the title song, whatever, Never Ending Story, I guess that's what it's called, is great. It's sweeping. Um, it's very clear that all of this was in German and then they translated it to produce it in English. <laughs> yeah. So this is a remake of a German movie. Is that right? Then? So it's not a remake. So it's a it's a German children's book. And then um, the director... Yeah, Wolfgang Peterson. Yeah. Yeah, Wolfgang Peterson. This was apparently his first English language film. Oh, uh, which okay. really clicks. Mm, okay, that makes total sense. Also, just some of the ways, like German mythology, and they're a little more harsh than Americans, shall we say. So. <laughs> which I do appreciate. I think um, it, it comes up every so often. Like we talked about it with uh, Paranorman a little bit uh, when we just uh, talked about that a few weeks ago, that uh, like kids can definitely handle like more intense things. And it's nice to see something where it's not just. Uh, being like demeaning and kind of talking down to but this movie goes a little like there's so much death and general hopelessness like um I feel like this is a much less fun version of like the dark crystal or labyrinth uh if Mm -hmm. you if you've seen either of those I I've seen labyrinth yeah I mean that makes sense yeah labyrinth Labyrinth is is fun yeah 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 (laughs) And like the, I, I was, I kept waiting for the puppets because they're, they're beautiful puppets throughout this. Like, uh, Falcor d- it looks weird, but like the puppet is fun to look at, I guess. Uh, uh, Rockbiter is a cool puppet. Um, also the giant, uh, turtle that I'm forgetting its name that wasn't mm-hmm. helpful. Like all good puppets, but, uh, it, it lacks, a fun musical number like in Labyrinth. Yeah, is there no way? So are they anim- animatronics or puppets? Is or that the same thing? So um, I, I, I'm not exactly sure. My guess is that these are just pure puppets because like the mouths aren't really syncing up at all. And uh, if uh, I, I believe Labyrinth had like they were puppets, but then they also had some like robot stuff in their heads to help with like eye movement and blinking ah okay yes yes it seemed like like early like going on some sort of disney ride like the like obvious blinking of that (laughs) also weird weirdly like this never this isn't really any sort of ride anywhere i think there is somewhere in germany like some studio i think like you could probably i think just sit on falcor or a replication of Falcor, but that's really it. Interesting. 
That's so. And do they have the because ta- the tower the the what do they call it? the white the white towers is it the ivory the ivory tower. ivory towers which I was like is this like some sort of analogy to like some sort of intellectualism or I don't know if it was a metaphor for that but but I guess not maybe maybe it was just a bad translation they had a vaginal motif did you see that I did not wait where it looks like a very vulva esque design <laughs> oh the you- the tower. Yes. So the tower itself, then when they got close to it, especially at the end, it was just like one big vulva. Yeah, because it it looks very uh, phallic from far away, at least. Yes, it does. And then when you get close, like the by the the throne, it looks like like vaginal lips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That probably was intentional. That sounds pretty German. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds that sounds German to like do to integrate that, which is like kind of twisted. In yeah, <laughs> it goes along with the Little Mermaid. With that, remember when it had that phallic symbol, the the castle. Of course, like yes, yeah. Like and junk. wasn't it wasn't it also Little Mermaid that they were like in clouds or stars somewhere? Like it spells out the word sex. Yes, 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 yes. Which I need to I need to like my fr- a friend of mine and uh, guest former guest of the podcast is an animator and. I got to ask him if that is actually a thing or people are just bored and reading into it. Yeah, I wonder. I someone told me who who was an is an animator and runs like a studio. He was saying the thing that happens sometimes is that like an anime you're just literally drawing the same thing when a lot of the stuff was done by hand like sitting there for hours and hours and you put that in thinking it's funny and someone's going to catch it just as like a stupid joke. Yeah. And and then it's never caught. And then <laughs> it ends up in parents are furious. Like, but it's that? also a thing like, I, okay, let's talk about subliminal messages. Cause I think that I, I know that it exists, but I feel like there's not a lot of evidence that suggests like having the word sex written somewhere randomly will like do something, you know, like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It like I don't think, it, yeah. Like it wouldn't like do anything. But the the I guess the animator just is thinking like, ha ha, like stupid fart. It was like equivalent to like a fart joke, you know, just like thinking sure. it's like super funny. But yeah, and then people are upset, thinking like it's some sort of Disney's trying to, you know, and then it's the internet crazies. Forget about it. Disney's trying to sexualize your kids for some reason maybe some pedophile ring international it's just it's yeah crazy. all the fun stuff that comes <laughs> along with the day and age that we live in yes <laughs> uh, it's all, okay it's something else that's weird so um going into this i thought i just from what i had seen and heard about never ending story i thought it, it was a relatively straightforward fantasy thing like like we were saying labyrinth or the dark crystal what i didn't expect is that it's this huge meta story of uh, a a child whose name, according to Wikipedia, is Bastion Balthazar Bucks. Um, and in my notes, I kept writing Sebastian because I thought surely his name isn't just Bastion, but I was uh, deemed incorrect yeah, yeah, when I was yeah. reading all of the <laughs> uh, all of the uh, 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 subtitles. But so his whole thing is that he's uh, a lonely boy. His mom died. Uh, his single uh, father is raising him and he finds the this book, The Neverending Story, after escaping some bullies. And then most of the story is like him reading it and seeing the adventure. Yeah. In a way, it's kind, I just realized, it's kind of like The Princess Bride and that's yes. just, you know, two stories yes. happening at once and there's sometimes like butts in and different yes. things like that. 
It is. It is. I just, I thought that like the, the storyline with the kid, just like his dramatic tension was growing through storms and wind whipping through the, the room. Like it didn't feel. <laughs> to specify the attic of a school. Yeah. He, has, <laughs> he camps out in the attic in the school because he doesn't want to take a math test and he stays there the entire day. Yes. And it looks like an abandoned castle, maybe in Germany. Maybe that's why it has like that. Yes. Like it has that, like the, the old boxes and the books and, the, and then it has a, ske- an, a skeleton hanging out. Um, like any school can actually afford to have a real skeleton at, at, at any point. And it's um, like cobweb strategically placed. Like it looks very like something you might see in a German adaptation of Beauty and the Beast, maybe something like this. Oh, that's, that's good. I like that. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, so then we get this whole story where this little boy named Atreyu, uh, portrayed by this guy, Noah Hathaway, who now runs a tattoo parlor with his wife. Uh, (laughs) so that's his thing now, but he, he is part of this local tribe in the universe. And so he has to go get a medicine to save the childlike empress so that the childlike empress can deal with this plague called the nothing, which just like essentially just deletes everything. Like it just makes everything nothing. Uh, And then it's the story of how he keeps failing to do so and runs into different magical mythical things. Yes. It's very German. It's very, very German. um, The childlike princess, I was trying to figure out, was she actually a child? So... I actually looked into this a little <laughs> bit and it's uh it's the reason they call her the childlike princess is that she's actually like this uh old old being but takes the form of a child because children represents like clarity and innocence. Yes. Um and it's also very weird cuz she's wearing like a lot of makeup for seemingly an 11-year-old yes. that's running a kingdom. Uh, and then also at the end, she starts crying because uh, the meta narrative is getting too intense. And she, she, I will give her this. She is a great crier. Uh, the actress Tammy uh, Stronach, Stronach, uh, she has not really acted since. Like she's been in two things. Uh, I th- she just does like dancing stuff. So Interesting. Good for her. Yeah. yeah. So I wasn't sure like her lips look a little too big and her line into her eyes looked too dark and her teeth looked big, but maybe okay. they just did all that stuff to her or so about her teeth. And uh, I found this on IMDb trivia. She lost both of her front teeth right before filming. So they had to put like dentures on her <sighs> and it took her a little while to stop having a lisp whenever she talked. That is so funny because I was like, this looks like adult teeth on a child with like, and then her lips, I was like, what is happening? And like, is this maybe someone who has some sort of disease where they can't grow or something and they look like a child? Like, who is this person? So for me, she looked so much, she looked like John JonBenet Ramsey. Um, very much so. Just like the, yeah. uh, the very much just the, the prim, primmed up child beauty pageant star of all time. Yes. 
And, the, uh, the, the, the dark circle that like, if you looked, there's lined into her eyes. It really threw me. I'm like, is Janan Bonet like hitting the smack or what? Like what's, <laughs> what's going on? Well, everybody <laughs> in this movie looks exhausted. Uh, yeah, it's, yes. Maybe I wonder what that was like. Do you find anything like, was the shooting schedule crazy? Not not nothing that I found too crazy. Although um, Noah Atreyu, uh, he he got he nearly got hurt so many times. So he he nearly lost an eye when he was fighting the wolf Gmork. So like the the paws poked him in the face, and he, the robot was also so heavy. So okay, so it turns out that Gmork was a robot, and the robot was just really heavy, and like just hurt. And mm-hmm. so they only filmed that scene once because they were like, okay, that was too close. This kid's gonna <laughs> really die if we do it again. Uh, and then uh, he was learning to ride a horse. He was learning to ride uh, Artax and the horse bucked him off and stepped on him. And then he, when he was nearly drowning in the swamp of sadness, so he's nearly drowning in mud, uh, his leg got caught on like the elevator that was helping him sink down and he was pulled underwater. And uh, by the time they got him above surface, he was unconscious. <gasps> oh my God. Wow. So maybe there's a reason why this guy doesn't really act that much anymore. <laughs> yeah. He's like that. <laughs> they were going to kill me. I wonder what the child, like in back in the day, the child labor laws were really bad. Like people were so abused, but mm. I mean, this I was also yeah. filmed 80s, in yeah. Germany, I believe. Uh, okay, sorry, it was shot in Canada uh, and Munich. Of- yeah, so Munich and Canada yeah. is where they filmed this. Oh. So who knows? Sometimes they do things abroad to get away from union restrictions so they could be hella shady. And maybe yeah. that's like, I wonder if these were all non-union. But at that time, I don't know if that those dirty tricks were being done at that time, like this non-union shooting to take advantage of people. So it's interesting. Okay. I think this yeah. this movie was probably made around the same time as the notorious Twilight Zone movie where the mm-hmm. three people died while filming. So mm-hmm. I I would guess that around this time there was a lot more reform with like movie sets and child actors in particular. Yeah, 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 yeah. And especially considering that he nearly died several times, probably a little oh bit after God. is when <laughs> they put that together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also so the queen, I was I was hard on the queen, uh, but I would like to say she also I think the third best actor in this thing. I thought she did a great job. Yeah, so she, she had an an intelligence that was surprising for for a kid. It was great. Yeah, uh, she like did, she yeah. she very much plays that like ch- like a it, essentially a possessed child because she has this like old worldly knowledge, but she yeah. looks like a little a little kid and it. She was she was throwing me off so much, but in retrospect, that must be because she successfully acted. Yes, yes, definitely. And she had adult teeth thrown into her. That it was uncomfortable. I wonder if Yeah, that did. definitely helped her, her <laughs> and the, gl- adult the teeth. glycerin tears throughout this whole movie were pretty wild. Like glycerin, you can always tell like they're a little bit more gobby than real tears. And she's a child and like I mean, sometimes it's just hard. It's hard to cry that many times that they mm-hmm. need you to. And I get it. But it was just definitely shout out to the makeup artist who supplied these actors with all of all of the glycerin tears they ever needed and more. Well, every, every other scene, Atreyu is either angry and <laughs> yelling or he's crying because <laughs> another tragedy befell him. He must have been completely emotionally exhausted. Oh, um, yeah. 
throughout this whole thing. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else is there? Uh, oh. There's also uh, just a weird cameo, I guess. So when uh, 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 Bastion, ugh, Bastion is starting to read the book, we get kind of the prologue about the nothing in the book. And one of the characters is this little messenger riding on a snail. And it's Deep Roy, who we all might remember uh, portraying all of the Oompa Loompas in the uh, new Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie. Oh, snap. Like, I was staring at him, trying to figure out who that was. And then my roommate thought, is that the guy from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? And lo and behold, it's him. It's our man, Deep Roy. Oh, wild. Wow, kicking it from the 80s. Yeah. Uh, They did dub his voice, though, because I was confused as to why he sounded just, like, boring and not, like, distinct at all, like all 900 of the (laughs) the Oompa Loompas. (laughs) (laughs) That that is wild. Yeah. Yeah. Other actors in this that can, because it seemed like one of them, I think, became a photographer maybe that was the bastion ended up becoming a photographer uh that's possible so, yes bastion uh aka barrett oliver yeah. um is now a photographer oh my god wait the this actor was also in cocoon hell yeah <laughs> i'm a, I, i'll watch cocoon sure <laughs> my sister was telling me because she she i told her i was doing this and she was like I hated his nostrils. That's the thing she remembers about him from all these years later. They would Weird. watch the movie to like just trash him, his his nostrils throughout the whole thing. <laughs> I have no idea what, I cannot, those popped up so little in my head. I have no idea what, what Yeah, it didn't really about. bother me. But I guess if you're like, like laying on the floor looking up and then if you, you know, when you have a hundredth time watching this, I mean, there's nothing else to talk about. If you've watched this a hundred times, I guess that's the thing you might notice. I don't know. My, my yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if they're listening, nah, you're cool. Um, <laughs> the only the only real notable actor, at least in my eyes, that I could suss out was so um, Bastion's father, Mister Bucks, um, is Gerald McRaney, who the name just kind of seemed familiar and. I looked him up, and he he was uh, he's one of the doctors on This Is Us. He I think he's the doctor that delivered the triplets, and he's also a senator on uh, House of Cards. Good for him, man. That's yeah. awesome. Keeping in the game, and I thought he was like. Um, I guess it, I, obviously his styles probably changes, like the demands have changed. But he was hitting the '80s acting notes, like he had the the right the exact like non-acting acting that was expected in 80s movies with mm-hmm. like just a more about presentation not a lot about emotion it was it was pretty right on yes i will say he also and i didn't see this show but uh maybe this was uh more of a show during your childhood was major dad on cbs uh, he was no. he yeah, was yeah. the major dad ah so we all we all know and and love major john d mac mcgillis uh so congratulations uh to him that's so fantastic that's so cool i love people who like stay in the bullshit for a long time i'm like yeah not making it you know a zillion dollars i think especially watching all these movies for this podcast you find out that so many of these 
child actors in particular, they either, they're either, you know, like a Lindsay Lohan, we all know them, we all mm-hmm. see them all the time and stuff, or they're like uh, Noah Hathaway. And like, he did a couple things, but he moved on because uh, acting is hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's a crazy business. You're like, oh, maybe I like photography or yeah. Tattooing. Not everybody can be a Haley Joel Osment, unfortunately. Yeah, and then so many people also just keep doing like they're just like in the game, doing like doing small roles and just you know in the yeah. game and living because you can survive. I mean, you can live, especially back then, like eighties and nineties. You could survive as an actor by doing smaller roles. Like that, that was a thing. Totally. And especially like once you're in something iconic, like the never ending story yeah. or for Haley Joel, like Six Sense and Unbreakable or not Unbreakable, Six Sense and um, uh, the other one, AI, like the residuals from that, you're good for the rest of your life and you can just yeah. do whatever pe- you want. People monetize in different ways. Like I was at um, the NACA conference, which is the National Association of College, something like so. It's been the big conference where people go to like get gigs at colleges. And I watched someone who was in Mean Girls, unnamed, do a set and a comedy set, I guess. It was kind of just like talking about it. I thought you couldn't figure it out. That's... Yeah. (laughs) And then left the stage and had, by his booth, had a row of people, like a line of people looking to meet him and book him. Why though? I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, because of Mean Girls. Yeah. Which I think is so sort of like, but I was like, you know what? Good for you. You know, good for you. You maybe that like make, makes it hard for you to get jobs in your career because you're always associated with that role. And now, I mean, you know, Especially it's a hard if it, business. If it brings him joy, exactly. Like I, I know that you can sometimes see like really storied actors, like I don't know, like a Patrick Stewart or something, where like the at a certain point they kind of get tired of talking about this iconic role because. They have so many other things that they worked on. Like William Shatner, like hated, hates Star Trek fans. And, but for somebody like this, this person in Mean Girls, like, sure, they kind of wish that maybe they were working in different roles. But if they can be satisfied and make a living just reminding people uh, of nostalgia, then good for them. Yeah. Take the money and run. That's, yeah. that's what a mentor told me. And then she goes, whatever, whatever hits, take the money and run. <laughs> that's smart. Uh, I, I guess like also, cause the, this movie is about like imagination and book reading. Were, were you a big like book kid? I was a big book kid and big definitely um, liked a lot of fantasy novels as well. Um, so it was surprising that like, I didn't get into this. I guess it just wasn't, like amongst my group of, I grew up in a very uh, Italian American Catholic neighborhood, and there wasn't there wasn't the nerd group like that didn't exist. Mm. Um, so I, I would have been friends with them if if they did. So it was just hard to like find that group to promote it. I would just kind of be off reading books by myself, like whatever I can get my hands on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then wait, so, and you said you had three other siblings? I have three other siblings, yeah. So where where are you in that? Uh... I'm the oldest. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. There, that also makes that sense because it's also probably to a certain extent when your siblings are watching Never Ending Story, you're just like, I'm a little too old for this and like <laughs> kind of just babysitting at that point. And just want to, I'd rather be off like reading my uh, book 
that I'm more interested in or yeah, just not wanting to. So I, so my particular thing is, so I don't look like anyone in my family. I'm very like tall and blonde and they are um, not, they look like the cast of the Sopranos. So I always <laughs> felt like very different. So I was like very, I wouldn't like necessarily, like I'd always be upstairs or wherever in another room, like doing something like making some weird art project or, mm-hmm. or doing, doing anything else besides like, doing what what they were doing so that that was also part of it yeah gotcha yeah like I I was very much also like the creative one like my brother and I it was it was just the two of us so I think that also lends itself to Mm -hmm. different uh like pop culture stuff because it would basically be like we had one tv in the house so we would have Mm -hmm. to agree on it and it wasn't like a three against one thing which uh that would be uh terrifying especially because i was the youngest so i i took everything very personally uh and intensely yeah oh yeah definitely and then the youngest never gets a shot no but then mom and dad uh pay more attention to me so it kind of evens out yes that's true that's true i see the same thing with with my nephew i see that same dynamic yeah it's the same hell yeah yeah (laughs) oh one weird thing I forgot to mention, because uh, you you were saying that the the dad uh, in this movie is very like '80s acting, mm-hmm. and the most '80s part I think is in the background he's making his breakfast, which is orange juice and an egg. Oh my god! Thank God you brought that up. Yes, <laughs> I was like that was the beginning, and then the blend blended it. I was like, oh my god, this is a capsule in time. I mean, this is yes, one of the most '80s moments ever. Because you can you ever think of someone eating raw egg now? No, it, and it it also came up. There was, there was like a book that I read when I was a kid, and uh, the whole book, like she thought that her friend was a witch, and her friend told her to eat raw eggs. So instead of eating just raw eggs, she would like put them in milkshakes or something. And her mom was excited because she was like, "Oh, she's trying to put on some weight." <laughs> and the eighties were a weird time. I love the eighties, but what the fuck <laughs> yeah i mean i'd love to tell like people about like my breakfast you know it was it was um you took a packet of oatmeal and oh, clakers oats oatmeal that's like filled with sugar and you put it in a bowl with water and then put it in the microwave for a minute 20 and that or your breakfast and maybe with like a cup of lipton tea with like God. half and half i mean so <laughs> no nutrients and would be found no, nutri- nutrients were only invented like 15 years ago. Yeah, I think so. I, like, I didn't know that rice wasn't minute rice until I went to college. Like that didn't appear in my household. That's fair. Yeah, I, I actually, it's the opposite for me. I discovered it in college, minute rice. And I was like, wait, I've been like actually boiling and all this stuff when I could just throw this packet in the microwave. This is bullshit. Oh, you know, also, did you, so there was a bunch of quotes in this that I thought were so applicable to 2020 and this whole quarantine that we're in. Yeah. Um, so, okay. The nothing grows stronger every day. That's so yeah, true. That's pretty good. Arte, 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 you, you're letting the sadness get to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, 20, <laughs> um, um, this is going too far. Like that's so 2020 and this is one's a little dark but this is more like 2016 too people who have no hopes are easy to control like, woof yeah that's 
that's very real uh it's like, seen oh. way too many things i was like, like yeah that. and is this maybe like i was like then thinking about these quotes i'm like is this like an existential crisis like people it, it, it's about the existential crisis of humanity when people lose their imagination and get to admit is this what the nothing is 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 an existential crisis so that's yeah like not not a like a legit apocalypse of like the world is like exploded or something but just like the death of like creativity and motivation where it's just uh fully just capitalist cogs in the machine yeah like is that is that what this is which would be so german to make that yeah i was gonna say (laughs) the only quote that i wrote down is when bastion goes into the bookstore and the the bookstore owner hates children and he he does that thing that we still see today where adults are like, um, yeah, we don't have video games here. You heard of books? So he <laughs> said, we only have small rectangular objects. They don't go bo-bo-bo-bo-bo. <laughs> Which probably sounded better in German, but sounds absolutely bananas in English. That's so they didn't translate the 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 sound effect correctly. That is yeah. great. Well, that's a that's a weird thing that I learned when I started like learning another language when I was a kid was that mm-hmm. like onomatopoeias are different in different countries. Like in uh, in Hebrew, d- dogs don't go like bark or arf; they go chav chav chav, <laughs> <laughs> which also sounds very Israeli in its own right. But <laughs> yes, and so do um, in Italian as well. I for- and I forget what it is, but it's it's definitely totally different. It's, it, sound, it sounds almost like in like the atacolari or like in Italian, that means like the, the sounds between the words are, mm-hmm. are different in, in every language. Yeah, you have to get that right. It makes it actually easier to do an accent if you get the atacolari, if you understand. That's, oh, that's a good point. Yeah, because it's like you, once you learn the vowel sounds, then like everything kind of falls into yeah. place. Yeah, you just stick those like little sounds in between the words and that helps it sound more. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, when I, when I would impersonate my Hebrew teachers because they were by and large israeli I, all i had to do was go eh and i was halfway there <laughs> <laughs> absolutely uh yeah I'm, I'm trying to think uh, do you have do you have any final thoughts about this movie like we kind of we kind of covered somehow we covered most of the things in this even though seemingly not a lot happens yet everything happens in this yeah i mean i think it's definitely like, I would love to show this to my little nephews who are very young, just to see what they're like, you know, four years old, two years old. I would love to one and a half years old. I would love to, to hear like their viewpoint on it. Like if they even would, because the special effects are so different from what they see now, mm-hmm. would that mean that they're not interested in the movie? I think that's. But there there's something about like, it's all practical like there's not there's not a lot of like painting with a computer which i think kind of helps and makes it makes this movie not look as bad as like i don't know some like animated movie from 10 years ago even like yes i like that it was done so like it was just so they were just so rudimentary it was interesting and Mm -hmm. like different and like and refreshing like that they use the animatronics and it was yeah like you're saying very physical and real so i I, I think that's like a great moment in time and like just even like the, like the streets of New York and who the bullies were and they were chasing down the street. It was felt so, so 80s New York. Yeah. Which was really nice. That's the thing. I could get, I can get behind the 80s aesthetic all day. Um, 
but but yeah so i guess at that point like we might as well get into the rankings so uh if you're listening for the first time uh we rate everything on this podcast uh on a scale of zero to five being as we can be as minute and specific about um the decimal places possible and then we're gonna see how never-ending story ranks to all of the other movies that we watched for this podcast so lauren i'll i'll, I'll let you go first what would you rate uh Ah, it's, I'm going to, I'm going to give it, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a five out of five. And you know why? It's because like the, the queen was like, how idiosyncratic was she? It was amazing. And the the scream acting won my heart in the end. Like it was just (laughs) so crazy and off that it was all worked for me. Wow. Um, so I'm going in a completely other direction. (laughs) Um, I'm giving this movie a 2.80. So 8.0 because, you know, it's the 80s and I like the 80s. And so this movie, I feel like, is super fine. Um, Like, it's not terrible. And I I know I could watch it if either a friend wanted to or when my niece is a little bit older, I if she wanted to watch this, sure, I'll watch it with them. But, like, as an adult, I kept getting drawn out of it because I couldn't figure out, okay, is this appropriate for a child? And at the <laughs> same time thinking like, what, as if you're a child, what are you getting out of this movie? Like, it's, I, I think if the, it was made today, maybe, and the acting, like some of the child acting was a little bit more subtle and uh, it wasn't so German feeling. <laughs> Maybe I I would enjoy it more, but I don't know. The the this was an anomaly of a movie. Like uh, full disclosure, when I finished watching it on Netflix, it asked me to rate it, and I gave it a thumbs down. Uh, but I think this was close to being a, a a movie that I liked, just not quite there. Wow, you gave I'm it a so thumbs sorry. down. <gasps> oh, but wow. crunching the numbers, and this is pretty in the middle of the row for us. So averaging our two scores together together. Uh, we're giving The NeverEnding Story a score of 3.9, which puts it in between in our ranking system a little bit better than Matilda and a little bit worse than the first Harry Potter movie, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, which, honestly, that feels pretty appropriate. I mean, I, 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 yeah. Especially in that. relation to Matilda, because I think Matilda, similarly, like, fine movie, really disturbing at points, and you're like, what is happening? But not offensively bad or good in any, in any way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Lauren, Lauren, thank you so much for, for coming on today. Um, what, what would you like to plug today? You, you got your book, obviously. Yes. Inside Melania, what I know about Melania Trump by impersonating her. Uh, it's an irreverent look into the first lady. It's funny and informative and you can find out more at insidemelania.com. There's an ebook and there's the print book. The audiobook is coming soon. Oh, uh, yep. You can check out, always check on what's going on with me at laurenlogi.com, L O G I. And my handles are all the same my website and all my handles, like on Instagram and Twitter, Lauren Logi. <laughs> I like to keep it all the same. It makes it easy. So, yeah. And, and also, like, so definitely give Lauren a follow. She does a really fantastic and eerie impression of uh first lady melania trump like the look and the sound like you have her 
indifferent face too well. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate when people appreciate my apathy. And there she is. <laughs> Uh, and as always, uh, please rate and review us uh, wherever you listen to, uh, to podcasts because it helps us in the rankings. But uh, that is all for today. We will hear you in a fortnight and go, go gadget and show.